The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to episode 80, number 8080 80. of Rare Form Radio. Thank you, thank you. Coming to you live from, uh, let's see, Phil Spector's Wall of Sound. That's where we're coming <laughs> to you live from tonight. Uh, honoring the passing of a very talented murderer, Mr. Phil Spector. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Um, how are you doing, Mr. Wendell Isaacs? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Thank you for uh, having me on this month. It's been it's been a blast. It kind of has, hasn't it? Yeah, it has yeah. been nice. Um, it's been fun. Th- this is the last episode for you uh, for yes, the time being, and it's flown by. And I want to thank you very much for doing this. It's been uh, it feels like we're just hanging out, but it's good to have you on here. People are enjoying you. Um, I've gotten nice. two messages talking about how handsome you are. So, oh, that so that's cool. Just. So yeah. there's April and then another one. Then yeah, somebody your, else misguided. Your mom, which is weird. It's weird hey, that like, your mom's the other one. My mom out of it. So you uh you text a little while ago, and we usually record around like 8 p.m. And you're like, hey, do you mind doing it at like 7:30 tonight? I was like, sure, yeah, no problem. And we're just getting started. And please tell the audience why you want to rush out of here tonight. Well, it's not super interesting, but uh, I got a PS5. I finally got a PS5, and so uh, I want to play. And so, uh, you know, I'm a married man, so I have to negotiate my game time for. It's it's a conversation with yeah. with with the what. It's not always a conversation. I just normally wait till she crashes because mm-hmm. she crashes. She bless her. She, I, I have trouble sleeping. Like it takes me a while to get to sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night. I get up early. I, I just don't sleep that super great. Yeah, it's it's not great. But she sleeps like, oh my God, the drop of a hat. Or when we're watching something like really good. Yeah. It's just, we've been trying to make it through the Umbrella Academy uh-huh. the past few nights. And, and we're on episode two and she's crashed during both episodes. And we've had, so it's taken four nights. And I'm like, you know, but I love her. Four nights Point for is, two episodes. Yeah. Cool. Cool. She crashed midway through episode one and then we had to do it the next night. Um, anyway, so tonight uh, I wanted to get like a head start because I want to have plenty of game time. So I had the negotiation. And so then talked to my buddy, Dan, I'm like, can yeah. I just move it up a little bit? I need to, and listen, you're doing me a favor this month. It's been great to have you. So I'm happy to accommodate. But then I found out like why you want to do this early. And now I'm angry and jealous. You know what I mean? Well, actually, don't be too jealous because there's really like, it's way too early to get it, to be honest. There's just nothing. There aren't really, there's like Miles Morales. There's Godfall, which is I'm that not the Spider-Man in. game? Is the Miles yeah, that's game? the Spider-Man game. They're just really, they launched with A, hardly any games mm-hmm. and B, clearly hardly any fucking consoles because I spent almost two months on Twitter putting on notifications and it's like, Oh, there's a drop on Best Buy. There's a drop at target. And they're just gone, gone, gone. And it's like, you knew for seven years that five comes after four PlayStation four, there will be a PlayStation five. I understand the business tactics (laughs) of having scarcity of demand, you know, or scarcity and implied demand and people talking about it. And, oh, I, I'm in line, but all that kind of 
mentality. But at this point, fucking Sony, just make more of the thing. You make the thing, make more of it. And they're yeah. not. Yeah. So I went to eBay and I got one. I paid too much and, and got it on eBay. Okay. So like maybe a month or so ago, I think it was like that. You, you, you worked kind of some backdoor deal, back alley deal with some guy, I think from Twitter for PS5. And, and I got scammed. You're talking to me and you're like, brilliant. Am I, oh, did you lose money? Did he get you? Yeah. It was a scam. Yeah. I totally got scammed. Oh, fucking A. Uh, and I like to consider myself, or I like to tell myself that I'm too smart for that, but I just, I was so excited. I'm like, I wanted any positive reinforcement, like, oh, maybe this is, this guy's not a scammer. So I like, there was basically 500 reasons why it was a bad idea. And there was about two reasons that it was a good idea. And I decided to wait the two reasons <laughs> as if they were like 501 good reasons, but no, right. no, I got dicked. Yeah. I got, well, dicked. how much did you lose on that fucker? $500. You, 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 he got you for 500 bucks. Yep. Yeah. So did you pay in like Bitcoin or some shit? Was it like that kind of deal or did he wanted you to pay like PayPal or Venmo and then. Yeah, no, it was, it was online. It was Zelle. Oh, still. fuck, yeah. dude. Did you report well, him I on told, that? Like when I told you, I said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get one on Twitter. It's <laughs> most probably a scam. At that point, I thought there was like maybe, I thought there was about a 50% chance that it was going to work out. And But I, I had that kind of <laughs> like rabid new toy, like oh, I'm going to get the thing. I'm going to get the thing. It's completely I irrational. It. I get it. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I told myself, I'm like, when I hit send, I'm going to like, I'm like, my only deal with myself is I got to try to not be butthurt and pissed off if this is a scam. Cause I know it as I'm clicking the enter button that it, there's a really strong possibility. So when it went down, I was like, I, I was pissed off for about two and a half hours. I was really fucking angry. And then I was like, dude, you know, you just, you fucking failed. It's kind of like it. uh, doing a deal like that. Failure. You know how you're always told, like if, if you loan money to friends or family, assume it's gone. Just like right. if you loan money to your family, just assume that you're never going to get it. If you get it back, be stoked. Doing a deal with someone who you don't know online is kind of the same. So when you hit send, assume you're not going to see a PS5 and like it sucks. It still sucks. Okay. Yeah. So the one you got just now, um, what does it retail for? Do you get the, the 300 or the 500 one or what is it? I got the, uh, I got the digital one. So without a disc drive. It's so it's three, 400. So it's okay. 399. Okay. So, and what'd you pay for this one? Well, uh, I don't need to go into all kinds of detail, no, but I want to know, I want to know much. The, okay, okay. okay. Well, okay. Here's the, here's the detail. I work at, uh, I'm a creative director, right? Yep. So I work at a company called liquid and arcade mm -hmm. and we do games marketing. So we, we, you know, like worked on cyberpunk and all this, all these other kind of like triple a games. And I really like it there. And they're doing this really awesome thing this weekend and they normally take their employees out on a vacation every year. Like they take them on a full, like to Mexico. Oh, how great is that? Like, I know it's amazing. And I'm like, blows my mind. So anyway, to, to kind of compensate this year for not being able to take anybody anywhere, they gave everybody a little chunk of money and they said, spend it this weekend and you just have to document it and send pictures. If oh. you want to go to Vegas and put it all on red, do it but you need to take pictures of you doing it. And we want everybody to share in using the money in how, whatever way you want, you know? So, uh, so I was like, wow, I got this little chunk of money. It was a few hundred bucks. 
and I found one on eBay and I'm mm -hmm. like, this almost makes it me feel less like an idiot for getting scammed by that other <laughs> dude because this magical freebie kind of came in and it, it, it kind of canceled it out. Okay. So I'm assuming the grand total of your purchase is around like a grand for PS5 ish. It ish. was 875 with the headset and with uh -huh. the charger. Okay. Charger. Oh, for, charger for what? There's like a little goofy ass. It's as ugly as the main PlayStation. Uh, it's a little thing and you can slot two controllers in and they oh, charge all the time. Got it, got so you don't it. have to like in mm -hmm. the dark. For me, it would be like in the dark looking, trying to like make a USB thing fit and like waking up my wife, mm -hmm. you know, you know, playing Damn. games as a, as an over 50 year old man. It's, it's a whole thing. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I, I spent most of the day today playing days gone. I've been playing it for weeks now. Um, nice. You mentioned cyberpunk a minute ago. And yep. in this whole month, we haven't discussed the train wreck dumpster fire that is <laughs> cyberpunk. I know, I know. So for, for people who aren't into games, we're gonna we're not gonna go into crazy detail, but cyberpunk 2000, what's it called? What's it called? 2077. 2077. So it's this post-apocalyptic kind of future um robot people kind of sci-fi game that people that are into games have been looking forward to for Years. Uh, yeah, two or three years for me is when it first kind of came up on my radar. Mm -hmm. And when you're into games, the companies like will leak out a little bit of gameplay footage or a trailer. And obviously, like same with movies. It's like, you know, commercials and trailers and you're like, I can't wait. This game looked so incredible. Yeah. Ke Keanu Reeves is, is he like the main character in it or something? Or his... He's a, he's a side character. Okay. He's basically, okay. he's, he's a dead guy who haunts you. And so you keep seeing him over and over again. Okay. So the game yeah. looks amazing. It's uh, as anticipated as any like Grand Theft Auto game or Red Dead Redemption or whatever. And this company has been working on the game for, I think, 10 years. They say eight years. And then an article came out this week saying that they actually had only really been working on it since 2016. Hot take. Spoiler. Oh, shit. So we don't know. We don't know. But okay. the, but, but the, but the <clears throat> new cycle is they've been working on it for a really long time. It's kind of like, like, so like Pixar movies. Huge. You know, Pixar movies, they take forever it takes to make. Forever. Video games, it takes so many years. Um, yeah. So they, they dropped this game, and people like, Steve, Steve bought it for me as a gift for, I think, for my birthday or, for, or some kind of gift. Very, very kind. And like a, two days after you gave it to me, the shit hit the fan. So <laughs> explain what happened. Cause you, pl you played it for a minute. I haven't even opened it yet. Yeah. That's actually what I'm going to do after this call, because I hear it plays uh, great or it plays like it should on PS five and on, on PC. Oh shit. The okay. problem is last gen consoles. So, so everybody, uh, <laughs> you know, so the game came out and it was, it, it's, it's, I can't think of a worse launch. I guess there have been some other worse launches. Not that I was aware of because this was, when you put Keanu Reeves in it, once he showed up and he was like actually in the game, it 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 just got this, you know, a lot of anticipation, a lot of lot of news spread, and people were really excited for it. But he's huge again. When he's it like McConaughey six seven years ago. You know, Keanu's yeah, kind of the new guy. The Keanuessence, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so yeah, and in that time when he was in the game, he kind of had that. He's had this John Wick rebirth, where he's just like you know one of the biggest action names in the world. Um, anyway, the point is I played the game and it was buggy, you know, but I wasn't like crying about it. There's stuff like you go out on a heist and you're, you know, your best friend, the guy who you're like talking to and is leading you through this stuff, like look over and he's like gone. 
But that's, there was like really bad bugs. Like apparently there'll be like a guy in a wheelchair and he'll stand up and start running and you're driving a car <laughs> and it goes through the, goes through the street. And then all of a sudden you're in some kind of digital pixel nowhere land, like some really bad fatal bugs. And it did a, it crashed on me a couple times. The PlayStation couldn't, couldn't deal with it. So I, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to like p- press pause on this until I get a new system and then I'll try, which is tonight. I'm going right. to start from scratch with the new system and see how it goes. But it's been such a bloodbath for them. Like this weekend, the head of the whole company did like this really sad direct to camera video. And he's like, I just want everyone to know how deeply and painfully sorry we are for what a complete failure this launch has been like this really sad apology video. And they're talking about how they're going to have patches. It's going to be fixed and just hang in there it's almost impossible to make a game that complex work on old systems just because the way, how much data can be pushed through the pipe and all the shit, but it, it has been a really bad. And it was, it was pulled from digital stores. So like when you have a PlayStation or an Xbox, you can purchase the game uh, like, like online. So you'll download it. Like, like you stream iTunes movies or some shit. It was pulled from that. And everyone that purchased this game, they, they, this company made millions and millions and millions of dollars on the sales of this game. And they were all refunded. <laughs> like, yeah, take, take your money back, keep the game when it's fixed, you can still play it, but we're giving you your money back. So yeah, imagine anything like that. Imagine it, it's, it's not a whole lot different than like, imagine the new star Wars comes out. You've been waiting years for the new star Wars. And then after two days, theaters pull it because it's terrible. <laughs> You know, it's it's what like should that. have had with the Phantom Menace. It should have been like George Lucas is like, I'm yes, sorry, <laughs> that didn't work. And everybody gets their money back because yeah. universally I fucking failed. But yeah. And please, uh, please uh, elaborate more on uh, the cocks in the game. <laughs> That's the best part. That's the best glitch of the whole game. Oh, yeah. So, you know, with a lot of games, you make your own character, right? That's a standard thing. What kind of shirt do you want to wear? What kind of tattoo do you want on your neck? Whatever the hell. So cyberpunk, and I'd never seen this in a game. I guess maybe there are other games that do this, but it's the first thing you do. You sit down and you're hearing all the like, and you're like, ooh, look at this interface. I'm going to, I'm going to give myself a fucking like a, you know, like, like some weird uh, full sleeve on this side. And then you get down and moves down your body and then you can pick your cock and you're just (laughs) naked. And you sit there and you go like, do I want small? Do I want medium or do I want large? (laughs) You can't pick cut or uncut. Okay. And you can't have any like jewelry in the dick, but you can pick your dick, which is so fun. I just don't recall. So that's not the end of it. That's, that's intended. But apparently on, la- on launch week, one of the bugs that people were making memes and funny videos about <laughs> is that for whatever reason, your cock would pop out of your clothes and you- your character would be running around with your dong hanging out. And it like it like flops and shit. Like it's like a real cock. So the bigger it gets, the more it like swings and... Um, Natural it's, it's gravity like a, dong. It's amazing. Um, and that that that's what I was looking forward to most is the cock aspect <laughs> of the game. And you can do shit in the game. Like you can have big tits and a tiny dick if you want you can you can mix and match all your genders and everything you know right everyone can be trans in this game and you're also a robot i mean it's what we're doing with technology this is amazing amazing (laughs) can you can you choose like the thickness can you put veins on it can or just just... small medium large it doesn't like close up or anything you just it's so weird seeing your character though all of a sudden it's just you're naked 
and you're like, why am I naked all of a sudden? It's, oh, it's because now you have to pick your dick. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And if you make a woman, can you pick different vaginas? I don't know, actually. I didn't. I only picked one one guy. It was my first playthrough. I only I I played up to the Keanu Reeves introduction. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna wait because it, it's just this. It turns into such a bloodbath. But I'm gonna I, start again tonight. Obviously, I mean, I don't know what guy wouldn't choose the biggest dick. I, I just, uh, who picks the small dick for your character? But if I was, oh, making I picked a woman, medium. I, you, I picked medium. You did. Yeah, I just I wanted to be authentic. You know, I was like wanted to. Okay. I okay, but. Like you're, you're it seems able like to that's make... the easy choice, you know, pick, pick the big dick. Come on. No, I wanted well, to, you know, yeah, dude, <laughs> of course you picked, of course, of course. I want two big dicks on my character. <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> if I were making a chick, I'd want like the extra lippy vagina, the super uh, lippy, uh, uh, the Arby's like the, Oh man. Like where's the uh, whole fold this over? Uh, where's uh, the, uh, you know, <laughs> chew bubble gum. That's what that's what I want. I, w- I would see if they would let you have like a rotate function, so you could have like a sideways vagina. That's Just good. Blow, blow minds. Yeah, and it could yeah, smile. Right? You know, it's a like, smile. Like, a, like a Cheshire cat <laughs> vagina right on the oh, belly. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap up the show. We're done. We're done tonight. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you were talking about scams a minute ago too. Have you gotten these emails that uh, the scams of um, uh, I have control of your computer. You've been watching a lot of pornographic material with I got one of those, underage yeah. girls, and we have video of you masturbating. So right. I've got, I got two, one of those one time. Okay. Yeah. I, I got two. I got one recently, and it and it mentioned it was specific. It was like we have video of you masturbating to young girls, underage girl, yeah, whatever it was. And I was like, listen, this is why I know you're full of shit. I only watch old women on my on my U porn or Pornhub. <laughs> That's all I do. So I not old, but like I like mature. I like, I like, like mature women. B. Arthur, like no, more like a like a Susan Sarandon, like that kind of. Oh, well, milfy. So milfy. You go milf. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want like the big bush, the natural boobs. <laughs> like, uh, just took a pie out of the oven. I'm gonna fuck my son's friend. That kind of chick. That's what I like. Yeah. So I knew. Yeah. I knew this Look guy of didn't disapproval. Have shit. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. 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 I expected uh, so. I'm not angry at you. I'm disappointed. Right. And I'm so disappointed. Now, I'm gonna suck bum. your cock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna teach you a lesson with my pussy. <laughs> oh oh man. Um. So I knew. I knew this guy was full of shit because, like, dude, you don't even know what I'm into. If he said, like, "Hey, I saw you jerking off to this chick with a gray a gray muff," I would. I would be a little bit worried. <laughs> and they always want you. They always want you to pay in Bitcoin. And I'm like. I don't have time for this. I'd rather, I'd rather you do email it to everyone in my contact list than have me figure out Bitcoin. You know, <laughs> I'd rather you ruin my life. <sighs> yep. So let's let's let everyone sit with that for a second. Yes, Susan Sarandon. Pretty good, right? In her heyday. Oh yeah. Oh totally. She mm. had a long heyday too. I would yeah. still probably have an evening with Susan Sarandon. Really? I, I think so. Who is your favorite girl? What would be your age limit? Like, like if she was like, I don't know, as hot as you can imagine her, but she was insert age here. You know, it's like sixty-five. You're you're sixty-five, really? Sixty would have to be my, or maybe like fifty-nine. Okay. You know, Um, yeah, I I don't think I could. After sixty, we're kind of playing with fire a little bit. You know, (laughs) you might. It's super dry, probably. Oh, you can hurt her. Um, I just don't want, I just don't want any of that. I don't know. 
What about you? What's your cutoff for your hottest chick? Oh God. I don't know. <laughs> like we're, we're going to be banging 65 year olds at some point. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm married, so I'm in for the long haul. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but it's hard to say. Cause you know, like, uh, you know, uh, I would say that in general, um, you know, that, that, that bullshit saying, you know, it's like, you know, 40 is the new 20 and the 60 is the new third, all that bullshit. But you know, as far as like women go, and I think like guys too, like look at uh, Brad Pitt, you know, and dude looks fucking good. And a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, older women are just like absolutely beautiful, keeping it together. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the age would be. I think I would probably start feeling weird if it was like 60 something, but that's not too many, (laughs) you know, years away from me so i know i know i know you know who is shockingly still beautiful and i don't understand is halle berry has made some kind of deal yeah. with the devil or some kind Selma of Hyatt too. yes yes yeah, have i showed voodoo. you have i showed you the the picture of uh when Jane's Addiction played Letterman and Salma Hayek was the guest there was a bunch of paparazzi mm. shots that went that was you know became all through the tabloids and it's her in a green dress standing there outside and behind her is a bunch of Jane's cases and me and two or three other crew guys just staring and drooling at her in the background <laughs> of all these paparazzi pictures. They're really funny. Um, yeah. She's, she's stunning. She's stunning. Yeah, it is true. I should have, I shouldn't have had you on. I should have had Halle Berry and Selma Hayek on this month. That would have been better. Fuck. That would have been better. I'm disappointed I, as a listener. You fucking failure. <laughs> I, really, I really fucked this up. You fucking loser. Um, Damn. So speaking of old women, have you and your wife watched (laughs) just a hot, hot topic? Kind of. Have you and your wife watched the Night Stalker documentary on Netflix yet? Oh, funny. We were just talking about that. We just started, we just did episode one the night before last. And I think that's what the wife is going to be watching while I'm uh, picking a new cyberpunk character with a horizontal vagina, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's what do you think I, have you seen the whole thing yeah it's four episodes i watched it all in the last 24 hours and i i really believe that netflix and hbo netflix is giving hbo a run up run for its money for the best documentaries out there netflix cool. is killing it with these like these four-part documentaries is so perfect these what are they called the limited limited series or limited whatever it is. series love it yeah and uh they do Netflix makes really vibey documentaries, really good effects and good style. I love that story. And I feel like I knew a lot about serial killers. And this one is really interesting because it's a lot of us know stuff about Richard Ramirez, the night stalker, but this one is specifically about the cops telling the story of how it, how it unfolded how prolific he was, how confusing he was because he didn't have really an MO. He would, he would he really enjoyed killing old people but he would also like go into a house and kill the husband and rape the wife and let her live to tell the tale he would abduct these like little girls and little boys and molest them and let them live but then he would go to another house and kill somebody so he was really hard yeah, to track super random just like his pathology like yeah and they, and at least yeah, when we saw the beginning of it, they they the, the the cop who was saying, "I believe this is all one guy." They were like, yeah. "No, that's not the case. These people tend to have like a single pathology, and they mm-hmm. just that's that's their sweet spot, so to so so to say." But all detectives, not this they, guy. They, they've never seen someone who is so random and so just uh, 
all about the mayhem and the chaos and the fear of it. It's like he didn't really care who he hurt or who he scared as long as he got that reaction. And he's really, really terrifying. But people that listen to the show are always asking for stuff to watch. Watch The Night Stalker on Netflix. It's incredible. And don't let it inspire you to go kill a bunch of people, please. Please. Disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have the serial killer bug of like no. going down? You don't, you're not interested. You don't like, uh, I mean, interested, but you know, I mean, there's a little bit of like, uh, I don't know. I, it's a slippery slope. It's, it's interesting, but it's also like, I don't think it's the healthiest thing to like glorify it. And no matter what, there are fucking idiots that it's, they're basically famous after by doing these acts. And so Mm. I'm, you know, part of me reaches out to the universe and goes, man, this isn't quite right, you know? But I think, you know, they, they do some, you know, pretty good work with uh, not glamorizing it yeah. and making it seem like cool. But some of them do. Some of it, it's just like, whoa, you know, this guy's mysterious and you they can t- be they famous touch onto too. That. They touch onto that in the last episode of the, I'm not going to give anything away, but they touch onto that, like the fame aspect and the fandom that this shit tends to create. And it is super strange. And it reminds me that, you know, everyone who's listening knows that I have this weird obsession with watching like real life carnage, like watching real death on websites. And I am not proud of it. I'm not completely ashamed of it, but I, uh, since I was young, I'm always fascinated by seeing the real shit. And the other night, so my, my, my I hate saying this, my favorite gore website closed down. <laughs> A few weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry, I know. Dan. Me too, buddy. It'd been around for 10, 15 2020. years. 2020. Am I right? Dude, another one bites the dust. This oh. year this year can really go fuck itself. I'm First so happy. Kobe to... and then frigging <laughs> explodedskulls.com. <laughs> How am I supposed to live? It was bestgore.com. Rest in peace. Mm. Oh, uh, rest in power. Good, good pun. And I found a new one. And the Uh-oh. other night, someone made like... I hate myself, kind of. Someone made a hyper reel of like the worst videos of the week, like top 10 worst things you could find on the internet this week. And I was watching it. And at one point, I did an audible, God damn it, Dan. I said that out loud to myself. And I had a private wish of, I really wish I didn't like this stuff. Like I was like, I was like, I wish you didn't like that stuff too. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. It course. means you, it means you care for me. So I do, I do, I do know yeah. it's coming from a good place, but I literally put my wish into the universe. And I said, if I could like magic eight ball or voodoo rub something, I would like to take that aspect of myself away because I do think it, it uh, has numbed me to some like real life horrors uh, a little bit. I'm still very, I'm, I'm a very empathetic dude. But there's something about like when you I've watched, I don't know, I've probably seen 30 or 40 like violent decapitations and beheadings. Uh, and that's just uh, the other day I watched a um um this lovely young man in a prison uh being gang raped by three or four guys. Oh damn. Yeah, I only watched that one. I only watched for like 13 minutes and I had to shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a quick one, and that's actually one that's one that I actually had to move past. It was part of that hyper reel. I don't know why I'm talking, dude. I should probably change the subject, right? Hey, wait, real quick. Wait, sorry. Are you, am, do I, you kind of slow down. You're like, are you getting that too? You pause for a second, but I think we're good now. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm seeing you every once in a while. You were kind of going like, uh, in the last thing a bit. Okay. That's fine. Because I, I, I hope that no one heard what I was saying. <laughs> okay. So we, we, can, we can easily move along here. Uh, I do want to welcome a new Patreon supporter, Uncle Creepy. Thank you very much. Long time, long time. I remember time. Uncle yeah. Creepy. Yeah. yeah. Uncle Creepy. From the panic. Yes. Uh, long time Pan Channel fan, James Dixon guy. Dark Matter family, rare form family. And he's actually part of our crew now. He helps me with some editing and pulling clips. So anytime you see a clip that's posted on Instagram, that's come from Uncle Creepy. And even though he's part of the team, he signed up for Patreon to get the extra stuff. So thank you very much, Uncle Creepy. Appreciate that. You're going to charge him? You're a jerk. Well, I didn't, I didn't ask him to do it. And also, Patreon, I know if you're listening, Patreon, you need to find a way to let creators give away memberships. You can't like oh, gift. They don't. You, you oh, can't okay. gift someone. Weird. Like, huh. You should be able to have like five free to give to like crew or to team members or something. Yeah, or to totally. Give, or to give away as you know prizes or something. But they don't do it yet. I talked to someone at Patreon. I asked them about it, and they said that it's something that they've asked. They've been asked for a lot. They're working on it, considering it, but. Thank you, Uncle Creepy. If anybody else wants to come on and join our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash rareformradio. Just listen to the bumper. We'll play it right here. Frank, play the bumper. Enjoying the podcast? If you'd like to show support for Rareform, there are a couple of ways. Become a patron at patreon.com slash rareformradio. Make a one-time donation or choose from a few subscription levels paid monthly for extra benefits. Those extra benefits include bonus episodes not available to the public, exclusive live streams, more interactions with the gang, along with other special perks that will change over time. Choose your level of donation and know that your contributions go to keeping the show running and growing, paying crews behind the scenes, and just supporting independent artists. That's patreon.com slash rareformradio. You can also get Rareform merch by going to rareformradio.threadless.com. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, all kinds of silly shit. We're constantly adding new things and limited time only goodies. That's rareformradio.threadless.com. You can also help build the show by subscribing, leaving a review, and most importantly, leaving us a rating on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Lastly, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram by searching at rareformradio. Thanks for supporting independent entertainment. Okay, we're back. There's your Patreon ad. You mentioned the Pant Channel a second ago, uh, and we have a couple questions about that, if you don't mind, Mr. Isaacs. Yes, indeed. You have reached the voicemail box of Rare Form Radio. Please leave a message after the tone. Matt writes in, uh, here's my first question for Steve. Steve, I can't imagine, I, I'm sorry, Steve, I can't begin to tell you how much one from the Panic Channel has meant to me in my life and the inspiration that it's given me as, as a songwriter. Thank you so much. I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about your experience writing those songs and what sticks out in your mind writing and recording with the band. And please keep making and releasing music in the future. Oh, that's super nice. What, what yeah. was his name? Matt. Hey, Matt. Uh, that means a lot. I, I really do appreciate that. Jeez, um, uh, I don't know. Um, memories of, jeez, uh, that's a big, broad question. It was an amazing time of being in a band with my literal music idols. You know, 
Dave and Steven were, I mean, Jane's Addiction was such a huge part of my musical development. And getting to play with them was just insane. Um, and I just constantly couldn't believe I was playing with them. It just, I was always the whole pinching myself. I'm like, oh my God, we're like recording demos or we're, you know, we, we just rented a rehearsal space in the Valley and we rehearsed three times a week, like a, a regular band. I just, it was just, it was so crazy. Um, and nobody acted like uh, rock stars or anything. I, I think I was so lucky to meet them at a time when they wanted to feel like, I guess, like they did when they were kids playing in garages and getting excited for a show and making logos and coming up with what's the t-shirt going to look like. All those steps of making a band, they were 100% zero rock star vibe, attitude, or atmosphere at all. That really like shocked me. Um, um, <laughs> I don't know. We 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 had a lot of fun. I think I don't know. Were you there when we, we took pictures of our buttholes? Do you remember that part? No, but we have sort of referenced on Dark Matter. I think this butthole hidden in the album stuff. So, <laughs> oh, is there? Oh, I would know. I don't think so. Yes. Oh, yes. Your album artwork. All of your assholes are hidden in the album art. I think Dan, Dave made that up or something. I like I like art directed that with with the illustrator guy. Like I would have known, and I would have been proud of it. But I'm, I don't believe it's it's true. I feel very confident in this. No, uh, no, I don't think so. I hid it in some stuff online that we did <laughs> because for whatever reason. Okay, we were at we were at uh, Jim Henson Studios, I think, yeah. and we were recording. We were recording. Um, with Brian Virtue, and this was the first version of the album before uh, Andy Slater, who's a giant record company piece of shit who runs Capitol. Once we actually had a full record deal, he made us go and re-record the whole album. May that guy get all kinds of venereal diseases on every part of his body. That guy's oh. the, one of the cheesiest fucks I've ever met in my life. Anyway, this is before that. He, he broke my heart. I'll tell you that story later. He did? Oh, yeah. He, God, that guy. I really have zero. That guy's a fucking cheese bag. Um, but um, uh, no, we were just hanging around and we were having fun. And like, you know, at that point, like Dave was sober. I was sober. And Chris and, and, and Stephen Perkins, you know, they just, you know, Stephen Perkins smokes pot. You know, Chris Cheney smokes pot. But it wasn't like, we weren't like a party band. Like me and Dave were sober all the time. So we would kind of do shit just that was kept us entertained. And I don't know how it came up in conversation. It's like, oh, you know, why don't you take a picture of my butthole? And it was like, you know, and I think it was probably Dave first. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Take a picture of mine first. He's like, oh, I volunteer. And so we just did this thing where we took a picture of each guy's butthole super close up. So close up, you just wouldn't know what it is. You just, it, it's, it's organic. Is it, is it like, you know, is it a piece of fruit? That's like, like, like macro lens style butthole <laughs> yeah. shots. Yeah. Like, is this, is this a tardigrade or is this a fucking, is this a <laughs> vanilla bean? What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we did that. That was, that was, that was a blast. Tardigrade. I don't know if that's the kind of anecdote Matt was looking for. No, he wanted but, to know, um, I, I think he wanted to know like the, the songwriting process. So I, I guess I, I'll, I want to add to it. Did, did you bring in any full songs? Was it all collaborative in the studio? Did Dave bring in, like, how did, how did that work? How did the, how did the songs come together? It was both. Cause, cause I'm a songwriter, but I come from a way like poppier kind of like when you're a songwriter, uh, at least me, like 
I would write on the acoustic guitar and you have to figure out all the parts. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm not playing the verse thinking there's going to be a fucking sick guitar part under this, or like, here's where the big riff comes in. Cause I'm playing like, you know, D minor and then G I'm trying to get the melody yeah. to hang over top. And then I'm trying to get into a lyrical space that it becomes a song. I go, Oh, there we go. It's a song. You're making so a bed. You're making stuff. a bare bones bed just to kind right, of right. get the idea together. Okay. Right. And I'm not like a great guitar player. I mean, I can play, but I'm not like riff guy. So I, I would be like, I'm going to put this in my home studio and I'm going to fucking shred out all these different parts. It's just not my thing. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I would have all kinds of song ideas and lyrics and, and melodies ready to go on like cassette tapes. And then they, would just plug in at rehearsal and just come up with fucking amazing riffs all the time, like all day long. It's just like, and so I would just record little bits of what they were doing. I would bring stuff to the rehearsal studio or, you know, you know, you know, somebody would be playing something. Like, oh, could you play that again? Could you loop that a bit? I'm going to like, I think get a melody on top of it and then record it and either take it home and finish it. Or we just finished it there in the studio. But, what was kind of rad about the band is that we, there were multiple ways of going about it, you know? And a couple of the songs I had, you know, I pretty much brought like listen off the record, oh. why cry. Uh, there's a few other ones, uh, blue bruises. There's songs that, that I just like had ready to go that I just, you know, brought in. Uh, but then there was tons and tons of collaboration. My favorite stuff is the stuff that was tr- truly collaborative that, that, you know, I didn't bring in as a, re- a relatively set song. Was night one one of those? Because that's like a, that was like kind of like your guys' stairway. Like it went, it it had so many different parts and did some weird fucking shit. Uh, was night one one of those real collaborative ones? That was super collaborative, and uh, that that's that's I'm gonna go to my grave with that being one of my uh, regrets. Was we were having such a great time writing the music and becoming an actual band, and you know, we had this, this song that was really vibey. And I started writing this idea around, oh, let's, you know, I think it should be like a ghost story. And it's a ghost story about some kids who use the Ouija board to speak to a dead relative, this uncle, this uncle Elijah character. And surprise, he comes back and he actually appears. And there's, there's, it, it starts this whole story. I love song cycles and rock operas i just really love when a band is so beautifully arrogant (laughs) that they're like fuck it this is gonna be a double album and it's gonna run together and it's gonna make a whole story i love that stuff so Mm -hmm. night one off the album was it's actually track in my mind it's like track six or seven in an album and so away from the guys, once we weren't rehearsing or anything, I wrote like, I think I have about, I have eight of what I was imagining was going to be 13 songs, all written. So I have the story of the kids. I've got the intro song. I've got, you know, night one. I had, there's night two, which is how the whole thing ends. I have a lot of that all mapped out. And I was, my plan, my dream was that Planet Panic Channel did the one album. And then we would get to make another album and it would be Planchette. And oh. at that point, night one would kind of reappear in the middle, but it would be maybe different. It would be like shorter or like an orchestral version or something. But Mm -hmm. that was, uh, that was some, I worked a lot on the planchette stuff. So on the, on the album, it says night one from planchette. Like that Mm -hmm. wasn't just words. I, I, I wrote a whole bunch of stuff around that. 
I, I knew that uh, night one was part of planchette, but I don't think I knew that you had songs that you had oh, other yeah. songs to go with it. Yeah. Do you have of demos of those anywhere? Um, I've got them. Um, they're not demos. Cause I, you know, you know, what's weird, Dan, I like, I'm like, consider myself tech guy. Like I love computers. I've always done graphics and built websites and all this shit and, you know, helped relatives figure out how to copy and paste and insert pictures and emails, you know, tech guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've never been good at home recording. I get so fucking angry so fast. Cause I've got like, a, I've, I've in my life, I've had like anger problems where I just like lose shit and I just destroy oh, yeah. everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, which, you know, has gotten way better with age, but I, I used to spend a lot of time just destroying things. And for some reason, trying to be creative and play a song and also get into computer tech world and move things around and then re-record I it it in between songwriting world and tech world is this white hot column of liquid <laughs> lava anger. Yeah. And it just goes and I'm like, fuck everything. And I lose it. So I've just never made good demos. Long story, but mm-hmm. so I just have me singing into a like recorder just trying to play the songs through, you know, God damn it, man. I want you guys to finish that shit. I would love for you guys to find a way to finish that. I don't know if it leads to a tour or not, but, um, God damn, it was such a great band. It was such a fun time. And knowing you well, and I was a huge fan of your band before that called sky cycle. Uh, when I first moved here, you guys were playing a lot. I saw probably 10 or 15 shows with sky cycle great band check it out is that on is that on spotify no it is on spotify because i listened yep not too long ago and panic channel it was there's so much steve isaacson there you know what i mean like it, it is so uh i i feel like it's exactly what you hoped it, it would be you have these incredible musicians behind you the music sounds nothing like jane's addiction but you hear you definitely hear navarro isms you definitely hear Steve Perkins isms and Cheney is just a goddamn bass machine. And, mm-hmm. and it was the perfect place for you to play and, uh, and explore and have fun. Uh, I hope you're proud of it because it was, it was really oh, yeah. loved by a lot of people. Um, good record. That. Thanks. And I feel like you guys, it may have just been a tad too early. You know what I mean? Cause like that, that kind of music seems like it kind of got, it got more popular like a few years later where you might've just missed the window, whatever the fuck it was. When you first joined that band and getting in a room with those guys, you, you kind of touched on that. They were kind of your heroes. What, what was going on in your head personally, where I imagine you knew that there was going to be comparisons to Jane's addiction. You were going to be mm. compared to Perry, uh, who's someone that you were a fan of. What was that like? And were there anything, did anything ever really get you down with, uh, with those kind of comparisons or did anything really lift you up? Like what, what was, what was it like falling into those shoes? Yeah, that was a position I never wanted to be in and I was never comfortable with it. And it was like, I I was, if there was some way I could have had that experience and not had that. Cause you know, it's like Jane's addiction fans did not want to hear the music we were making. It was like, Fuck no. And there's some angry ass Jane's Addiction fans who just, frankly, I would probably be like right. they were. I'd be right. like, fuck this guy. And why aren't they playing with that other guy? 
and go make the music that I like. This is bullshit. I probably would have been because I'm super opinionated and I think everything I think is right. But there was no way I could look that experience as anything but just an incredible blessing from the creative universe where my last band before that, Sky Cycle, I killed myself to make that band. Like we we rehearsed all the time. I made all the flyers. I pasted them up in the middle of the night with our manager, Gary. And, you know, we got in the van and tore. I mean, you have no idea how much work it takes to be in a band if you're not in a band. Um, we got a record deal. We recorded the album. And then we start waiting and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then they dropped us frigging two months before the album was going to come out. It was printed up. And yeah, to dude. have five years of your life and songs that you'd written, you know, like all the work you, you know, oh, going to music school and playing different bands. And then you finally get playing this band. And for five years you do it. And then they drop you right before the album comes out when it's printed up. That's pretty painful. So when, you know, Dave and Dave and Chris and Steven out of the blue want to kind of like, Hey, let's keep playing. Let's play some music. Let's, uh, see if, what this turns into. Oh, let's be a band. It felt like the universe was reaching, <laughs> reaching around. It was a reach around from the universe being like, okay, man, you get to enjoy some of the stuff that didn't quite get to happen. You know, you know, we got to put out an album and we toured and we, uh, you know, made a video and like, I got, I feel like I got really lucky. Yeah. It was a, it was such a blast. Your, your I original that music. Oh, it's fucking great, man. The uh, month or so ago, the wife and I went for like a weekend trip up, up in the mountain somewhere. And on the ride home, I was like, let's put on, I want to listen to Panic Channel. She, she, you know, she came to the show that we played in Boston in like 2005 or six, way before she was like my girlfriend or wife and uh, listened to it. And I tried to put it on and listen as if I hadn't heard it before, which is hard to do, but sometimes you can kind of like, try to listen with fresh ears. I hadn't listened to it in years as a whole. I'd listened to songs here and there, but it's so fucking good. And the, the chorus for tea house of the spirits with that. Ah, ah, oh, it, it gets me goosebumps so much. Um, Thanks, Dan. But you guys gave me some really great memories too. And one thing that was really, really fun to do on that tour is we'd be, doing a show uh, in Dallas in Deep Ellum at some, you know, uh, club there, bar, whatever it was, and had the idea, like, guys, we're, we're right by the grassy knoll. Let's go play an acoustic <laughs> yeah. song uh, where JFK was shot. And, like, you guys did that at the Exorcist Stairs in D.C. <laughs> yeah, totally. That was so it fun. Was just, it was so cool, and there was no – it was very egoless, which is which was so – I mean, surprising for me because it, it was my first tour, but uh, that's where I met, you know, Perk and Chaney and Dave, and that's forever changed my entire life. You know, you you hiring me is the reason why I'm doing this with you right now. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you literally hmm. hired me, and it changed the entire direction and trajectory of my life. And if it wasn't for you giving me that job. I wouldn't have gotten into touring. I wouldn't have seen the world. I wouldn't, I don't know what I'd be doing for a career. I wouldn't be with my wife. I mean, I knew her before, hmm. but circumstances that brought me back home is what got us together. I, I just, 
every good thing I have, my, my baseball bat collection, these, the instruments in this room doing dark matter with Dave for 10 years plus now doing this, I can all bring back to you asking me to be your guitar tech. So I would like Ooh. to thank you very much for, <laughs> for that. I mean, really it changed my entire life and I've, I've made lifelong friends out of those people and people that have spidered, spidered off, you know, people in the web of touring are lifelong friends. And it's because of you. So thank you, Mr. Isaacs. You're welcome, Dan. You're welcome, um, Dan. Yep. Boy, that makes it all, it makes it feel like you really, like you really owe me. Like I do. I'll fucking like, rusty trombone you like, tomorrow. I don't care. <laughs> like I'm, I got like a back rub or like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let you beat me in video games because let me tell you a story. <laughs> Steve, Steve, <laughs> Steve was just talking about his anger, and I want oh, to tell yeah. a story. <clears throat> I used That's to, good, I used to have an apartment in uh, Los Feliz, California, with my last girlfriend, and the apartment was on the third story, and I had a, uh, what was Perfect Dark on? Was that on? What was that? What was Perfect Dark on? What what platform? Perfect Dark was a uh, Nintendo sixty four, wasn't it? Okay, yeah, I think it was. So Steve and I and a couple we were other playing f- on Xbox because we it was were. Halo. Okay. No, no, no. Perfect Dark is what is what sent you over the oh, edge, literally. I didn't even know where you're going with this. I was I thought you meant the Halo and throwing the Xbox out the window. Well, that's what that's what I'm getting to, but I, I'm pretty sure it was Perfect Dark because I wasn't very great at Halo. Either way, we're playing but a game. You weren't, but you started beating me. I okay. remember. Okay, so... And I'm like, what's wrong? Dan's he, all of a sudden great at this game. And I'm like... Ah. Steve, Steve brought this console over to my house, and we're playing, and I'm winning, and I usually don't. I usually don't beat Steve. And, like, consistently, for months, he would kick my ass, but I'd still have fun. I get frustrated, too. So when I started to win, I was like, this feels really good. And you're like, dude, how the fuck are you beating me? This doesn't make any sense. And I was like, dude, I'm just, I'm just getting better. Um, maybe I'm getting lucky, but just today I'm beating you over and over again. And you're getting so fucking angry. And yeah. I'm having fun. And then it got to a point like I like to, everyone likes to bust your friend's balls and talk a little bit of shit when you're playing video games. It's your job when you're playing games. You oh, have yeah. To. But it got so heated and you got so angry that when I'd win, <laughs> I wouldn't even look at you. I just kind of looked, uh, kind of smile and look, look away. And you pause. You said, dude, we're going to play one more. If you beat me, this is the end of this machine. That's, that's it. <laughs> this thing is going to pay the price. So we're yes. playing. And I remember like, it, it was, it was a good match back and forth. You almost had me and I won. And as soon as the game is over, I'm silent. I'm I'm nervous. I feel like like a wife that's about to get hit for for burning for burning the dinner or something. And uh, and like it was weird. As soon as I won, your anger went away. Like you're just like, oh, oh okay. Well, that's that. And you kind of just put the controller down, kind of sat for a minute, and got up and just very casually and calmly unplugged the machine from the tv took the cables out wrapped the cables around the the whole box put the controllers on top opened my balcony door and (laughs) took the entire thing and threw it three stories out into the middle of los Feliz boulevard which is a very busy street (laughs) in california well didn't it it get caught in the tree didn't it the controllers trees one one of the controllers stayed there for months (laughs) it was there for months but the machine smashed all over the street 
And uh, you're like, okay, well, that's the end of that. And you just, you got your coat, got your keys and just walked, walked out. <laughs> that's the last time. <laughs> that's the last time we played that game. Uh, and the uh, man of my word. You are. You, and, and it was so funny. Like as soon as it was over, like you just knew really your anger was gone. Cause you like, you knew that you were about to get that release and you're about it was to like, like popping a zit. Yeah. Yep, it's like, something's going to pay the go. price. And uh, the good news is Dan will no longer beat me because there's no game to play. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. But, I mean, there was a, I've heard stories about, you know, you throwing an entire guitar amp in your pool and it yeah. would sit there for weeks and smashing yeah, it there the radio. for weeks. Yeah. 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 Because that was a nice amp up, too. Because you fucked up playing, right? Like you're having a tough time playing or what, what no, happened no, there? The amp, the amp was pissing me off. I had this really nice, I don't even remember what, it was a Fender Twin, mm -hmm. but it was from the 70s. I used to have some like nice oh. gear and I went to like vintage place and I'm like, I got my Marshall cab that's from the 70s and my, <laughs> my Fender Twin on top of it for the clean sound. I used to lug both of those stupid amps to gigs. Like a Marshall half stack and then a fucking twin Wait, on top you, of it did you have the red wrapped marshall was that you orange yeah it was orange oh i remember that thing was badass okay anyway yeah. go ahead um yeah but the twin just kept like it just kept like i kept having problems with it and it was just driving me crazy and i'm just like i just lost my shit one night and my my band sky cycle we used to rehearse in the garage and there was a pool right next to the garage and so i picked it up and i through the amp in the pool and it just sat there at the bottom of the pool for a long time until I fished it out. I just like left it there. Amazing. It's so amazing. And yeah, you, you've also broken laptops. I think I, I think I saw you bend a laptop backwards and snap it because it, it was like a MacBook. A What's yeah. I think, I think I saw that happen back in, uh, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the hut, in remember. the tiki hut, but good stuff yeah, back in the yeah. day. Good stuff back yeah. then. You, it's, uh, it's nice that that's not really a deal anymore. I really don't do that. Thank God. That's good. I mean, anger. Listen, listen, everybody. It's really, it's really ego. It's really a little boy. Like it's just self-centeredness. It's like, yep. one, I, I believe it's like, it's like wanting control over your atmosphere. And I also thought it made me in the back of my mind. I thought it made me like interesting, like, Oh, I'm a songwriter. I'm a singer. I need to like work off of my inspiration at all times. If that means I need to like, fucking be an arrogant dick okay if it means i need to destroy something well that's just part of what it is that's part of the enigma i'm an artist mate. wrapped I'm in a mystery artist. that right. is me yeah right. totally and now i'm just like you fucking little boy bastard everyone you gotta understand anger is a young man's game and eventually you gotta mm. let go of it or it's gonna give you cancer so the reason mm. the reason that we're here now and that steve is cancer free as far as we know is he's <laughs> let go of that anger <laughs> And that's uh that's that's an important lesson. Do you uh do you have a copy of uh when you and I recorded the demo of Why Cry? Oh God, I don't know. Jesus, I must. I have that. I probably you, do. At that same apartment oh, really? where where you had your your childish outburst, um, we recorded. <laughs> I, I it was. You, you mean appropriate response to the what, what, anomaly that is Dan beating that, me at a first-person shooter? That's what okay, I meant. That's, I, um, I, it, the connection was funny. So Steve had just written the song Why Cry that is on Panic Channel 1, which is also, please go to Spotify, Apple, Apple Music, uh, Napster, MySpace. It's all on there. And you just written it and you came over and... I didn't really know how to produce either, but you an acoustic guitar and you we kind of got the ideas down with the harmonies. And back then it was called Half-Hearted, I think, too. Well, it was actually a song I'd written completely and I used to do acoustic gigs with it. It was called Half-Hearted. 
And in my opinion, <laughs> the name, in the my name. opinion, I know, in my opinion, it was a way better song. That was one of my, that was, that's one of my other like not happy memories about the Panic Channel is like, I fucking don't like Why Cry. And that was our single. Mm-hmm. And we, I entered into a, a, a Faustian deal with a record company devil named uh, Howard Benson, producer. And he's like, we need to rethink your song. And I'm like, we've been playing it and it's fucking, I love it. And it's, I thought one of the reasons we're like here is to like, you know, record it and make it the best possible version. He's like, no, 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 you need to change the course and you need to repeat this part and not that part. And, and he was like, you remember Helena, that uh, My Chemical Romance song? Yeah. I used to love that song. And this guy did that album. So he was like, he was doing just hit after hit after hit. And I was like, I really don't want to change around the song. Like I get if, if we're going to repeat something twice as opposed to three times or whatever, you know, right. but like, I love this song and we've been playing this song this way. And he's like, let me ask you a question. How many hits do you have? And I was like, no, none, dude. You know, like, and I was all of a sudden like really taken aback, like, cause the guys were gone. This was just me and the producer working mm, on stuff. Mm-hmm. The guys were like, like we were going to get the song structure kind of together and the guys were going to come in, we're going to put it together. And I had all this respect for this guy. And he's like, how many hits do you have? I'm like, well, none, you know, is like, I got a lot. Why don't you just do what I say? Oh, and I was man. like, oh shit. And frankly, you know, I was old enough at that point to understand the, record business uh, uh, machinations that were working against us, which was Capital didn't want the band. Andy Slater didn't like me, didn't like the idea of the band. In my opinion, he was really just letting them put out this album so that they could get it out of their system and then get Jane's Addiction back together, which they were under contract for. They, ha- right. they still owed Capital more music. So, um, so, you know, I felt through Howard Benson's words the the record company like forcing him to like squeeze a hit out of this asshole like find something we can sell to radio so it came out you know and i love pop and everything but i didn't like what happened to that song at the end there's Mm -hmm. parts of it i really like but we didn't even play we didn't play the single on our tour (laughs) like we all agreed oh my god you're right you're right a really brilliant move for a band is like the single Imagine going to see a band and they don't play the single. We never uh, played hello, it live. Hello, we're Oasis. No Wonderwall tonight, everybody. <laughs> yeah, fuck you guys for liking that song. I didn't want to play it. You know, I felt really kind of crummy about acquiescing. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was doing the right thing. I'm like, this is the right thing for the band. It'll get us in better with capital. And all I got to do is take this hit, rewrite this thing. You know, and I still, there's, for a while, I loved the song. For a while, I was like, I like this new version of the song, but I was, I think, really kind of kidding myself. The, you know? the demo. And now I listen to it and I like it, but mm-hmm. I really wish it wasn't the single and I wish it, it hadn't veered so far in that direction because it you, didn't represent the band and it sucks when a single comes out and you go, that's not really what the band sounds like. Tea mm-hmm. House should have been our first song, I thought. Uh, absolutely. Tea House, uh, Blue Bruises could have easily been... Outsider could have been like the slower single. It had it had it gone that far, but there's plenty of songs on there that would would work for that. Um, Tea House, without question, should have been should have been the one. Do you uh, do you remember the version that we did? That kind of acoustic demo with your uh, yeah, a bit. If I find it, do you Ooh. care if I drop it in here? Uh, no, go for it. You know? okay. well, I'd like well, to hear it first. Yeah, of course. Of I'll send it to you. Yeah. So. 
If you're listening to this and you hear the song right now, it means Steve approves. If you don't hear it, it means Steve is incredibly embarrassed. And so what 
you and I worked on was, I think it was me trying to get his suggestions worked into the song, into a song that I loved and I could get behind. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey man, you want to work on it? Let's, you know, I want to track a little bit. And so that was that stage of it. And it used to be called Half-Hearted. And who had, who had the uh, realization that it sounded like someone saying, I farted? <laughs> you know, me, not ever until like, I mean, I sang that song for a couple, few years before yeah. I met Dave. Last, you know? week, so last week, we were talking I about- I never thought about that. Last week, we were talking about your acoustic shows- <laughs> And that song was part of those acoustic shows before the Panic Channel, I think. Yeah. And uh, so you don't remember who who said it sounds like I farted? I would, what? It's you? I would assume it's no, you. I, I, it wasn't me because I, I no, I no got, one actually did. It was it wasn't like it came up as a one of the reasons to like you know restructure the song. Oh, I thought it did because I remember the first time you said it to me that it sounds like saying I farted. I was so angry because now that's all I can think of when I hear <laughs> the acoustic version or the actual, when I hear why cry, I still think of it as half hearted and, half, Oh, sorry. <laughs> Who's <farted>. half? <laughs> yes. Who's half? Who's this guy? Half? It's, it's so good. Half farted. Um, man, good times, man. The best times had by all. Um, let's see. We have a couple more listener questions. We can, we can probably wrap it up. Uh, who's this? What do I got here? Hey, Dan, it's Jackie. Uh, what are your biggest fans? Wanted to let you know. Really appreciate the show and uh, all the hard work you're doing and looking forward to new episodes. Oh, well, thank you very much, Jackie. Appreciate those words of encouragement. Uh, it helps having Not really great, a question great at all. No, no, really. it's just a, sometimes I like to play things that make me look good that are, are compliments to me for my Fair own enough. self-esteem. You know what I mean? Fair enough. You know, did you, did it's, it's, a pussy just walked by here? Move I don't know. Yeah. Here the we cat, go. For, the cat wants you to go play some cyberpunk. For those, for those of you with visual radio, there you go. Man. She's going to clean her undercarriage for you. So you guys may not know this, but when Steve and his wife go on uh, little, you know, weekend jaunts, vacations, it's <laughs> it's my job. Not my job. I, it, I, it's my, I, Steve asked me to feed his cats. Here in Would Venice? You, yeah, they're in Venice because we live close to, close to each other. Yeah. And you guys know how much I hate cats i've been saying it my whole life i hate them i hate everything about them i hate what they represent i hate that they're cute I, oh gross that How one could you hate this look oh at my this. god so they have two cats and one of them not that which that's the one that's not the one that hogs all the food right that's the other one no yeah luna okay. they have names at this point you, you know what know their names do you know i don't know their names <laughs> is that cosmo uncle, what's that one's name uncle dan's the worst i'm sorry Wait, luna and Papoki. I, that's what I was going to say. Uh, you, you took it away from me. I was, I was right there. <laughs> I was right there. So I, I feed those cats and I go through their stuff. You know, I, I, uh, I steal things that they don't know about. Um, I sniff Steve's boxers. I do all kinds of crazy stuff when I'm in there. Do you know one time you had uh, Alexa there and I, try, <laughs> I tried to order a ton of condoms through Alexa to be sent to your house. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it worked. I think I accidentally ordered a bunch of paper towels. Did you ever, do you guys ever get an order of paper towels that you didn't order through Amazon? Uh, not that I know of, but that's, that's hilarious. I, I tried to order like uh, 20 <laughs> boxes of condoms or something <laughs> on your guys, Amazon, but it wouldn't, it didn't work. Um, 
but yeah, so wah, those wah, cats wah, I feed, wah. and we and Steve and I text a lot of jokes about how hard I fucked them. Did I fuck them to death? Mm-hmm. You know, did yeah. I did I uh, you know just not feed them so they die so we can stop? Could you make sure they have a little accident while we're away <laughs> yeah. so that you know I could come home and it's fun yeah. and it truly is never not funny. It's good times. It's good times had by all. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, one more question for you. Uh, well, something we haven't plugged yet. Dude, you, you you started, you made a goddamn board game, card game in the last few years to add to oh, your yeah. resume. You're you're a game maker now. Um, this is Steve, true. Steve and his partner made a game called uh, Cinephile. This question is about Cinephile. Before we okay. get to the question, can you explain what Cinephile is and where, uh, and where Cinephi- we can get it? Cool. My buddy, uh, Corey, who I used to work with in New York, um, uh, in 2017, he said, Oh, I've got this idea for a card game. And would you want to do the illustrations for it? Cause it's basically like 150 cards and on every card is an actor. And I want to have an illustration of each actor. And so you basically play kind of, uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon in, in a sense. You got to like, you know, if you've got Winona Ryder and I've got David Bowie, we got to figure out what movies will connect those actors. And then there's a bunch of other games that you can play with those same cards. So I drew the cards and then we, uh, we put it out on Kickstarter and then Random House, the publisher, reached out after a couple of days and they're like, oh, would you want to do a deal so that we will put it, you know, out in stores and stuff? And we're like, oh, great. So we did that. And then um, we've made a couple other expansion packs. We had an expansion pack that was all horror movie actors. So it was a splat pack. And then one all LA-based people from LA films called LA Stories. And then I'll show you this. Then we made a book last year called A is for Auteur. I'm holding it up right now. So this is a kid's book. And it's to basically brainwash your kids into knowing about directors. So this is not any shit any kid will actually, I think, really appreciate, except for Corey. He's got two kids, and he's, like, brainwashing them into, like, they can can recite these poems about each director by heart. It's it's a little scary, actually. But I drew all these. So, like, A is for P.T. Anderson. I'm willing to bet the next one is not Michael Bay. Okay. (laughs) B is for Catherine Bigelow, and C is for Coppola. Fuck yeah. yeah. So this is a, so you can go to cinephilegame.com and you can buy the game or you can get it on Amazon. And then on our site, you can get this children's book. And we only printed up, I think, 700 or something. So it's kind of a limited shim sham. And behind you on the wall, I see Mr. Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, I see David Lynch and I see Kubrick. Is that right back there? Yes. Very, so I very take nice. my favorite stuff that I illustrate for the game and then I put it in my haunted water park store. So these are like canvas prints. They're actually really nice. And uh, you can get them at my store. I'm just about to put in uh, P.T. Anderson, Spike Lee, and um, Martin Scorsese. Hell yeah, dude. So the question we have for you comes in from uh, Richard. Richard says, here's a question. I bought Steve's Cinephile game last year and was wondering if there are any plans for further expansions. Thank you for the game. Yes, well, there's the two. Uh, yeah, there's the the Splat Pack and the uh, LA Stories. There's no plans at the moment. We're going to talk. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not sure how much time I have to do the game mm-hmm. anymore because I run my store and I've been working lately at this games company, and so I'm not I'm not quite sure how much cinephile there is for me in the future. We'll see. It, it is a fun game, though. I, I've had I've been to a couple game nights with you guys and uh like barbecue hangouts and we play it and it it is fun you have to know a little bit about 
TV, films, actors, but it's it gets your brain going and it's fun to find those connections between actors from different films. Um, so good job on that. Do you do a lot of Thanks. stuff? <laughs> Thanks, appreciate it, Danny. You uh you have you have energy for many things and many talents, and uh, I appreciate all of them so much. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Let's uh let's wrap this thing up. Oh, do, <laughs> last week there was a weird story about Tanya Roberts who was, oh, was yeah. famous for being <laughs> in that 70s show. I know her from a movie when I was a kid that I loved called Beastmaster, which... Oh, I remember Beastmaster. Too. She was in that? Oh, I don't know. She was the girl. She was like the main... She was like the hot flame of uh, the dude's name, Mark Singer. Is she that was name? so pretty. Yeah, Mark oh, Singer. Dude. She was so pretty in the day. Beastmaster is a movie about a dude in a loincloth played by Mark Singer, and he has two... <laughs> Two pets, uh, two ferrets named Poto and Kodo. I know that because I had a ferret when I was in high school and we named it Poto after Beastmaster. So in that movie was an actress named Tanya Roberts. She was really famous for being, she played Midge on that 70s show. And a couple of weeks ago, there was a story that she died, that she, she died of some weird disease. Rest and then, in power. Right, again, rest in power, lady. And then her publicist came out and said, guys, no, 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 no. She's, she's not dead. Like she's, she's fine. She had a medical scare, but she is very much alive. The next day the publicist said, <laughs> actually, actually everybody, I was wrong. She is dead. <laughs> like, the publicist had, had worst s- publicist s- ever the worst. <laughs> and, and, I, and I believe that when the publicist made the correction that she was alive, she was dead. I think. Like, it wasn't like, no, she's alive, and then she died. When the correction was made, she was already dead. How <laughs> like, the hell did you, that you happen? You double-check it, just to be yeah. sure. <laughs> just to be sure. Um, but, man, that's got to be a, a real a real trip for the family. So, uh, sorry, sorry to the Roberts family and to the family of that publicist, <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, goddamn. <clears throat> but uh, I think that might be it. What else we got here? All right. Is that it? Um, I wanted to, yeah, we talked about Haunted Water Park, your t-shirt company. We talked about Cinephile. <clears throat> you can follow Steve Isaacs at Steve Isaacs everywhere. You can follow at Haunted Water Park, at Cinephile yep. Game. Is that what it's called on the social media stuff? Yeah, at Cinephile okay. Game. And available, you know, Amazon has everything. So you can order 20 boxes of condoms, paper towels, and Cinephile if you want to. Uh, but Steve, I want to thank you for everything. This has been an awesome month. Uh, it's easy to talk to you. You have a lot of great stories and people enjoyed it. So thank you very much for joining. Super um, fun, Dan. Thank you. I appreciate any, it. Any parting words, any shots you want to take at me, any, uh, compliments you want to bestow upon me or anything like that? You, you, you get hands more handsome as you get older. God, dude. The salt that's, and pepper. I'm loving it. That's end on you're that. keeping fit. You're keeping trim. The walking. Nice. I've been walking every day for the last 10 months, two miles a day for the last 10 months. Ooh, look at you. But I am, uh, you know, this this machine that you're looking at, <laughs> this machine that you are gazing upon, that you listeners are looking at and, and listening to, um, is completely fueled by monster energy drink. <laughs> like, all day, every day, drinking monsters. I sprinkle in a little bit of water. The other day, my diet consisted of um, an ice blender from Coffee Bean, and then a monster iced tea, and then a big chocolate chip cookie. 
And then I had Dave's hot chicken, which is like really spicy chicken and French fries for dinner. And then I had another uh, chocolate chip cookie, a big one. I had one of these blue monsters. And then I had a pint and a half of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. (laughs) That was my day. You're not going to have to worry about me wanting to take a picture of your butthole. No, I have a feeling there's a ring of fire situation. That I thought you gave up sweets like during the week and like. There's been times. You look okay for eating so horribly. There's been times. I, I don't. Maybe I. Maybe I gave myself some. Maybe I accidentally ate like 20 tapeworms. I don't know what's going on, but uh, huh. I do have the diet. Like, if a six year old could have like a dream diet, that's what I live. <laughs> I'm a 40 41 year old six year old uh, diet guy. Congratulations, Dan. Uh, and I really like, you won. I just I, I walk solely so I can uh, justify the way I eat. That's it. That's Fair it. enough. And I'm I'm not gonna feel bad about it, Steve. No matter how hard you try, I'm not gonna <laughs> apologize. But listen, go play your PS5. Congratulations. Thank you for joining me for the month of January. Thank you for the listeners for sending in all the questions. Thank you so much to our Patreon folks for uh supporting the show and me and everything episode 80 has been a blast i'm liking these residencies i think people are liking them as well as of the recording of this i don't know who's going to do february but we'll figure it out uh what else we got that's it i think thank you everybody thank you steve i love you buddy i look forward to playing love online. you too, bro good luck with the games and we will see everybody next week Reminder that tomorrow is just the future's yesterday. Mm. Bye, everyone. This is Lola, and I'm here to tell the world to stop being such pussies and listen to Rare Form Radio.